0: Church, we are thrilled you decided to listen to our teaching on your favorite podcast app. If you made a decision to follow Christ today, would you let us know by visiting yes.newlifechillette.com. Here is this week's teaching. So we're in a series right now called Acts. Very simple name for a series. In this series, um, we're talking about leadership lessons for the church uh, leadership lessons that we can learn just for everyday life or for whatever leadership roles you find yourself in. But then also, how can those leadership lessons be used to form us into the people that God created us to be in terms of being used for his mission? becoming So, so we have uh, uh, Jesus makes your life better messages, and we have Jesus makes you better at life messages. We have come as you are messages, and we have Become who you were meant to be. Messages we have justification messages and we have sanctification messages. There's kind of two steps to this whole process. Today is the latter. Today is one of these become or become who you were created to be type messages. And my hope is that we can categorize it as that and recognize that this passage we read of Paul's first missionary journey, empowered by the Holy Spirit. is the same kind of empowerment that we are called to. You are called to that same kind of empowerment. I don't know about you, but throughout this series, I've fallen more and more in love with the book of Acts. I hope you've been reading along with us so you can get the whole picture of it. Acts, I wouldn't wouldn't say was uh, ever my favorite book of the Bible, but that's primarily because when you read it, sometimes you accidentally read it as cat's And I'm no fan of cats. So, no, actually, I like the book of Acts a lot. Uh, Today's passage is a duel. I don't know if you heard that. I kind of heard the ching, ching, ching as he's reading that whole. You got Clint Eastwood with a cigar in his mouth. Showdown between Paul and Bar Jesus. I think it's one of the coolest Showdowns in all of Scripture. Jesus has some good ones. Elijah has a good one. It's a showdown passage between two authorities in faith, so called. And this is cool. So let's jump in. Let's uh, read some of what Bob just read. It says, Saul, also known as Paul, was filled with the Holy Spirit. Sent out by the Holy Spirit is Clint Eastwood in this story. Today's story is about a time that Paul is confronted by a sorcerer, a false prophet who is trying to keep him from pre- preaching about Jesus. Maybe that's because his name was Bar-Jesus and he was a little bit jealous. And this sorcerer was trying to keep fa- Paul from preaching the good news. So what did Paul do? He backed down? No. Paul looked the sorcerer in the eye. Wah, wah, wah. That's how it goes. When most people picture a guy in Wyoming, I was, they picture some guy in jeans and dirty cowboy boots, all rough and tough. When I picture guys in Wyoming, I picture guys in the snow in flip-flops and shorts. That's what I picture in Wyoming. But Christians, let's, let's talk about something really important, really serious, real fast. How much confidence do you get by being filled with the Holy Spirit. This is a gift being offered to you, Christians. And and once you've received this gift of the Holy Spirit, how much confidence does it give you? Does it give you the, the Paul looking a sorcerer in the eye style confidence? We're looking at Paul's manly confidence here, and I just want to scream. I want to say, I want that. I want to be like that. I want that kind of courage. Paul filled with the Holy Spirit. And then he said, you son of the devil, full of every sort of deceit and fraud, an enemy of all that is good, will you never stop perverting the true ways of the Lord? God's spirit in us should give us that kind of confidence. If you read the book of Acts, it's always talking about the power that A relationship with the Holy Spirit can give us, can give to the church. The Holy Spirit wants to empower us, not just make us feel nice feelings when we come and sing songs together, to empower us. Remember what Jesus said about when the Holy Spirit would come. He said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses telling people about me Wait, that's not the kind of power I want, Jesus. Power to witness, power to share my faith, telling people about me everywhere. This is the power we need. So often when we think of power, it's usually for selfish gain. Like I want something, so I need Holy Spirit power so that I can get something. Usually when scripture talks about Holy Spirit power, it's talking about the ability to speak in tongues or to share your faith with somebody that you have nothing in common with, including language gives you power to share the gospel. If you are a Christian, you have access to the power of the Holy Spirit. So today we're going to talk about some of the benefits, some of the things that the power can give you. But before we do that, I just want to talk about maybe some misconceptions, the things that I see said about the Holy Spirit that I think some need, need some clarification. So let me clarify this about the Holy Spirit. Number one, sin does not remove access to the Holy Spirit. You can talk to the Holy Spirit while you are sinning. Now, hopefully that conversation will change your behavior. Because how did you ever become a Christian? Because God gave you grace before you ever prayed a prayer of salvation, before you ever changed your ways. God gave you grace first, and that grace made it possible, made your heart soft enough so that you could hear the message, the gospel message. While you were still sinning, Christ died for you and extended his grace to you. It is finished. Now this grace is offered to you. And his grace softens your heart enough to receive that grace so that it can save you. We call it in the Wesleyan circles, we call it prevenient grace. Grace that goes before, before salvation, before before you are adopted into God's family, before you have a relationship with him, prevenient grace goes out to you. God gives us grace long before we are ever forgiven of our sins. When we become Christians, we are made holy. He washes us. He gives us new life. Holiness isn't a result of our actions. I don't act good enough. I don't do enough good things or remove enough sin from my life to now all of a sudden be good. It is not my good actions that make me holy. It is God's good actions that made me holy. It is his perfection. It is his goodness that he then imparts on us, that he gives to us. And God's holiness is what gives us access to the Holy Spirit. The reason why we are holy enough to have the Holy Spirit in our lives is because God made us holy enough. The second thing I'd say is salvation is not the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. They're not the same thing. They're different things. Now, they can happen simultaneously. These two events or these two experiences can happen at the same time, but they're not the same thing. Now, salvation gives us access to the Holy Spirit, but it's not the same thing. The early church was saved long before they received the Holy Spirit. They were adopted into God's family. They were followers of Christ long before Pentecost. When you give your life to Jesus, you get a new life. Something new begins. A birth happens. And the new life does not look like the old life. It is a different kind of life. It has different power. It has different goals. So let's talk about the differences. What are the difference, differences between the old life and the new life? Well, in the new life, your sins are forgiven. And this is what most people think about when they think about salvation. Okay, my sins are forgiven. Uh, it, it's a miraculous. It's a beautiful thing. We celebrate this. Un, us sinful, broken people can... Come as we are and have our slates wiped clean. But salvation is more than that too. It's a gift that, that continues to give after that. The gift of salvation also gives us sanctification. Our sanctification begins at the moment that we give our life to Christ when we make him Lord of our lives. that would, mean what? That's what it means to make him Lord. We give him control. We give him total access, holding nothing back. And so he makes us holy, forgives our sins, and then he begins to change us. He begins to sanctify us, to mold us. We have the desire to act according to our new nature. If I'm holy, if Jesus made me holy, then I want to act in accordance with that holiness. If I am holy, then I want to do holy things because that's who I am. And if I act in accordance to that nature, I will be more effective. Then God can use me, I will bear more fruit in my life. The first time I ever went bow fishing was with Nate Cena. I don't know if Nate's here or not. I think he is. There he is, right in the middle. He's like a good Christian, sitting right center. Good job. Uh, Last week, I got yelled at because my shirt was the same color as the background. Well, I'm still pretty close. So uh, on the camera, apparently, I had a green shirt on, blended in. Anyway, first time I go bow fishing with Nate, we're, we're out on the boat, and he says something to me. He goes, I've never taken anybody who didn't get a fish on their first trip out. I was like, oh, dang. What happened? Pressure's on but it also gave me a little bit of confidence, right? Okay, if everybody can do it. I mean, I'm not just in everyone. I, I've got some skill, right? We practiced in his front yard, so I can shoot a bow. So we go out and we start fishing and Nate gets like 19 million fish. Everybody else is getting a fish and I'm hour one passes. Hour two passes. Mind you, this is middle of the night. He goes out like 1 a.m., 2 a.m., 3 a.m., middle of the night because he's got these bright lights that shine down in the water that illuminate the fish. It's an awesome experience. Um, And we're out there, and hour after hour, Mike's not getting a fish. So what happens? Everybody else kind of takes a step back, let Mike take a couple more shots. Nate quits killing them all before I can even see them. We start handicapping Mike a little bit so that he can get a fish and so continue to go continue to go still no fish until finally I see a fish and by now I've learned the like refraction of the light thing you got to shoot below the fish you got to lead it because they're always moving and finally I shoot at the fish and I get this big carp and everybody's cheering for me and I'm now the hero of the day even though I got the least amount of fish doesn't matter. But there was something about the way Nate set up this whole scenario that makes it so that nobody he takes out doesn't get a fish. What is it? He gives a little bit of pressure, a little bit of confidence. Sorry, go back. I think you went. There we go. A little bit of confidence and a little bit of pressure. A little bit of confidence. Like, okay, people do this. Other beginners have done this. A little bit of confidence, but then also a little bit of pressure. Like, but it's not easy. It's not like automatic. You still got to do some work. You still got to try hard. Maybe in hour 4 when you would have when you would have given up, then your folk you focus in a little bit harder. Maybe a little bit of adrenaline keeps you centered on your goal. I think that's what happens when God makes us holy. When he saves us, he tells us you're different now. You have a new life. You are holy now. So we begin to say to ourselves, okay. If I'm holy, I should do holy things. I should, if, if this, and now if this is possible, if the Holy Spirit in me makes it possible for me to act holy, if he's now given me the strength, now I've got the confidence and then I also have the pressure and we are able to live different lives as Christians than we would have otherwise. Not because we're superhumans, not because we're, we're something special or I have more self-control than other people. Because I was given, I was gifted a new life, and he is sanctifying me. He is changing me. I can't do it. I'm helpless. I am worthless on my own, but he can do more than I can. And because I have confidence, because I have access to the Holy Spirit. So what are we going to do with this access? Access. A lot of us come to church uh, for decades, hearing about God's grace, hearing about receiving God's grace and forgiveness. But then we just keep going and it doesn't seem to change us, right? I still am acting like everybody else. I still look like everybody, I still talk like everybody else. It's not actually changing me. You say it makes your life better and makes you better at life. It's not happening for me. Why is that? Well, I would would like to say that I think for many of us, the answer to that question, why, is... The answer is faith. We're still, we're thankful for grace. We're thankful to God, but we haven't fully put our faith in him. Our faith is still a little bit in us. Like, I'm okay, I know I can't be good enough to be saved, so could you get me through the door, but then watch me work. But then look how good I can be. Look how smart I can, or I can figure this theology stuff, or I, I just, I'll take it over from here, God. My faith is still in me. My faith has not fully been put in God, okay, I need a volunteer to illustrate one person somebody volunteer for me, somebody one of you guys? come on come on up, Reuben back in town. Everybody say hi, Reuben. Our resident rapper. actually, you need to be down here. see that see that orange X? you stand on the orange X uh. So this is what happens. I think a lot of us come to church. Face the bucket. Put your hands out over the bucket. There you go. There you go. A lot of us come to church, and this water is like God's grace. And we say, okay, I want some of that grace. And we have our hands out. We're like, okay, I'm getting this grace. I'm, gonna, I'm getting it. It's changing. Oh, that feels good. Oh, nice, cool grace in my life. And then we try to walk out the door. Try to walk out the door and carry the grace with you. It just kind of leaks. Okay, come back. Maybe it's maybe and I think great i'm I'm underselling grace the the forgiveness is there, the washing away the dirt, whatever was on his hand is washed away. We are celebrating that, however, I think we need something more so that the grace doesn't just wash away our sins but also that grace now, now hold that now now that grace can actually go with us now instead of just receiving grace, I can give grace instead of just receiving faith, I can give faith, because I am being changed by this grace. What we need is faith in God so that we can be more aligned with his grace, so that our life can be more aligned, not faith in ourselves, not faith in my own ability. Awesome. Thanks, Ruben. Everybody give Ruben a hand. Not faith in my own ability to be good enough or to be strong enough to have enough self-control or remove enough sin from my life, but faith in God to do in me what he wants, to give him myself to him fully so that I actually follow him rather than just accepting his get out of free hell card and get out of hell free card and then just going on my own path, faith in my own journey in life. I think so often we assume that grace is the end of the story because grace says it is done. Jesus up on the cross says it is finished. The work has been accomplished. But so often we forget that faith says, let it be done in my life, that it changed me. Let that grace do something to me. I think sometimes we have to be careful with this. There's a pendulum you can swing. I grew up in Pentecostal churches. Some were great, great people in the Pentecostal churches. But some of the people in the Pentecostal churches saw the Holy Spirit, I think, as a Superpower. Like they saw the power that you get from the Holy Spirit and they wanted to wield it as a weapon against their everyday problems. We had a lady in my in our church who liked to use the handkerchief as like her sword of the Holy Spirit. I will wield this handkerchief. Teenagers, that's a cloth Kleenex It's a handkerchief. And I will heal and she'd throw that handkerchief at people. Well, bam. Wait, It's her weapon, that handkerchief. And I don't want to make fun too much because I believe in healing. I believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. I believe that he can do things supernaturally. But at the same time, we have to be careful. Let, let me say it this way. The Holy Spirit is not an all-access pass. He's not going to just give us all the answers All the time, and we can't just demand him to do whatever we want him to do. We have access to the Holy Spirit, but the Holy Spirit is not our genie in a bottle. We get our wishes, and you got to do whatever I say. My kids and I watched Aladdin this week. When I was a kid, I was a big fan of magic, loved magic tricks, used to learn them. As a high schooler, I used to do little kid birthday parties. Shouldn't have told you that, sorry. We used to go to Branson. My parents had a condo thing, timeshare in Branson. so we used to go to Branson a lot. And one of our th- favorite things to do in Branson was to go to magic shows. One of the magic shows we went to was this one. This is a helipad. In a moment, it will be enclosed by barriers on all four sides. You can see above, below, and around this enclosure at all times. So get ready, go! Don't blink or you'll miss the fastest illusion in the world. Yeah! The crowd goes wild! That is Kirby Van Birch, one of the greatest magicians in the history of the world. You've never heard of him, and that is a shame. Because he is my hero. He is awesome. So for this big show, my family knew that, they, that I loved Kirby Van Burch, And so we uh, bought all access passes to this show, which we don't do that kind of thing in my family. Too expensive. But we bought all access passes. And at the beginning of the show, the MC guy gets up and he says, if you have an all access pass after the show, there's a section down here. You can come down and sit in that section and you can meet Kirby Van Burch." We're getting all excited. We're watching the show. The helicopter appears. Chills all over my body. Excitement. Yeah. The show ends and everybody comes down that has an all-access pass. And I'm surprised how many of us have all-access passes. I'm like, we all get all-access? How does this work? Like, and what exactly does all-access mean? Do I get to, like, hang out with him? Are we doing dinner? Like how much access is all access? We're going to the dressing room. Do I get to wear the, the leather costume that he has on or do I get to date a dancer? I was single at the time. Do I get to check out the history on his cell phone? Get to take a Bengal tiger home with me? Anybody got another one? This is kind of fun. How much access is all access? Like, best friends. This is what I'm assuming. And obviously, at a magic show, if you're getting all access, you're getting the how to do the trick, right? Like, you're going to explain the tricks to me, right? At least one trick? No trick? You're not teaching me how to do any tricks. How is this possibly all access? You, you know what all access was? It was a Q&A. We got to sit in the little section and asked him questions, and he answered like 10 questions. Boom, all access. It's a joke. I was furious. You're not my favorite magician anymore. Yes, you are. I love you. It's, you know. I think a lot of us about... The Holy Spirit in terms of all access, how much access can I control him? Can I order him around or how, how does this whole thing work? So I would say compared to Kirby Van Burch, yes, we have an all access p- pass to the Holy Spirit, but not entirely. Right. Let's put it this way. Our journey to heaven is a journey deeper and deeper into our connection with God. In this life, we are engaged to God. We are no, maybe in the middle of the wedding ceremony in this life. But the honeymoon hasn't started. Depending on girls, I should probably say the wedding hasn't started. Guys, I would say honeymoon hasn't started. Whatever you're looking forward to most, that part hasn't started yet in our relationship with God. And so we're kind of moving toward that, that total communion, that unlimited access, that that unlimited communication. Because still in this world, there's this thing called sin that just kind of, it just kind of gets in the way. It clouds the conversation. It makes things harder. Do you remember how Jesus talked to his disciples? I mean, the disciples gave up everything to follow Jesus, right? They left their boats behind, their father's business behind, and they go follow Jesus. Okay, that's quite a bit. Good job, disciples. You get some brownie points for that one. They're following Jesus, yet all the time, Jesus is talking to them like they have no faith. Like they totally lacked faith. What what do you mean lacked faith? They gave up everything to follow you. Jesus said to them, why are you so afraid? You have so little faith. Then he got up. He's about to show off some of his magic tricks. Then he got up and rebuked the wind and waves and suddenly... There was a great calm. Why don't you have any faith? Haven't you seen the things I've done? Like you had enough faith to follow, but don't, you're limiting it. You don't recognize how big and how powerful I am. A lack of faith can keep us from all that God has created us for. Or maybe I should say too much faith in ourselves, in our own plans, in our own ideas, can keep us, from all that God has created us for. The problem is a lot of us are trying to live in relationship with God without living in relationship with the the power that his Holy Spirit gives us. Did you know there is a category of bird called nearly flightless birds? I think that's funny just in itself. Think about it. These are birds that almost can't fly. They can fly, but just barely. They get up there and they're like, whoa, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, I'm gonna fall, no, I'm, I'm okay. We shouldn't be up here. We're nearly flightless. This is too dangerous. But there's also a category of bird called flightless bird. And that's even worse. Why am I even a bird? Sitting out on the beach, watching all the seagulls fly by. What am I doing? Nothing, because I'm flightless. Can you just take the wings away? I need some Red Bull so I can have some wings. Why am I even up here? I think this is the way a lot of of, of us think about our faith, about our relationship with God. He's not changing me. It's not doing, it's not giving me anything. Why do I have this? I forget. Okay, the heaven, hell thing. Maybe, maybe that. Okay, so maybe I'm nearly flightless. This is not the type of faith that I want. This is not the type of relationship with God I want. Why am I even a Christian? If you have ever thought that there must be more than there is. And if you've ever thought that you are not getting anything out of Christianity, if you're not getting anything out of your faith, it's not changing you. You're not more fully surrendering yourself to God. It could be because you've become a consumer Christian. I'm here to get out of it what I want out of it. I'm here just to make me feel good and do the fun things and get some cool friends and all that. But I'm done beyond that. Don't ask anything of me. I'm just here to get something. Jesus wants to use us to calm some storms. Jesus wants to use us to change the world, but our faith is still in us. Our faith is still in our agenda. So if the the, the Holy Spirit can't use you to become who you created to be, if your faith is still in you, I don't want to be flightless. I want to be a falcon. That's what I want to be. My kids watch this show called Blaze and the Monster Machines. Any other kids? Mm -hmm. Blaze and the Monster Machines. Yeah, let's blaze. That's what they say. My son tells me, dad, the fastest animal in the world is the peregrine falcon. He learned that on Blaze. Blaze is a talking monster truck who can turn into a falcon. Do you know how he can turn into? First of all, he's already a talking monster truck, but now he needs to turn into a falcon. And do you know how he turns into a falcon? By saying, falcon. And he grows wings. And he's a falcon now. These, kids, these shows are so educational. My kids are learning so much. Falcon. Now I'm a falcon. I can fly. I think, uh, I think this is how many of us think about our faith. If I just say the right words, if I just command the Holy Spirit correctly, if I just talk right, then I can turn into whatever God wants me to be. I just gotta, I gotta say the magic words. I just, we call it the prayer of salvation. If I put the right words in the right order, If I pray the right thing with the right amount of faith, if I if I can just conjure up enough belief, then I can command the Holy Spirit to do whatever I want him to do and I'll become a falcon. The problem is there's a little bit of truth in that. But it lacks the relationship that is the point of all of it. It, it lacks the total surrender and the giving ourselves to God and making him the Lord of our lives. That is actually what it would make us Falcons. Have a conversation. Build a relationship. Do you remember where Stephen got his power from? Stephen, the first martyr, the one who gave up his life. He, he was serving poor people and then preaching on the side and then they kill him for it. It says, Stephen, a man, of, a man full of, Of God's grace and power. Full, filled, container is full of God's grace and power. Performed amazing miracles and signs among the people. What gave Stephen the power to do these amazing things? It was a relationship, an intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit. An indwelling is how we say it. And God might not use you to perform the same miracles that he used Stephen to perform. But I believe that God has a calling on your life to do things with you that you cannot imagine. That in your plan, when when your faith is in you, that's not the direction you would have gone. You're not going to walk down that path. But he is calling you to something bigger. He's calling you to something better. And if you will put your faith in him, then he will do in you what you cannot do on your own. Hebrews says, it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone, it's talking about faith in God, not faith in self. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. Your faith will produce rewards. Christians, are you a falcon? Are you nearly flightless? Are you just a totally flightless bird? Are you still pursuing your plan for your life or you've totally surrendered and become the thing that God created you to be? Put your faith in him. And then I wanna take a step back from that conversation and just say, if you like, haven't even started the relationship, like I'm talking about step 10 and you still haven't even started step one. If you find yourself in that situation, I'm asking you to an incredible leap of faith. To say to God, I've been doing it my own way. I've realized I've got zero power in myself. I don't have any self-control or I've had, I've had a hard time. My relationships are falling apart or whatever it is in your life isn't going well. And you've realized that your plan isn't the best. Then maybe it's time to try something different. Maybe it's time to follow God's plan for your life. If you're ready to begin a relationship like that, my invitation to you is don't put it off. Today is the day. Your eternity, your eternal life is at stake today. Begin a relationship with God. Just get started on the journey and allow him to sanctify you, allow him to change you and draw you to himself. Because right now his grace is going out to you and it's knocking on your heart's door and you have the option to say yes or no. He's allowed you that option. So say yes. If you're ready to make that decision, there's a card on the chair in front of you that says, I've decided. Would you let us know that you'd like to start a relationship, that you would like to make a commitment to follow Christ today on that card? You can bring the card up here. I'll be standing up by the stage at the end of the service or somebody else will be up here to pray with you if you'd like to. Or you can drop the card in the back of the box if you'd rather do that anonymously We or without talking to anybody. We'd like to send you some next step information about some things that you can do to begin your journey with Christ. God, I thank you that you are doing what I cannot, that your Holy Spirit is perfecting us, is is sanctifying us, is making us the people you called us to be. God, we put our faith in you and not in ourselves. In Jesus' name, amen.